Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. 20 minutes after 4 o'clock. Let's get into why are you up this morning. Let's have the conversation. Now, this past Sunday was National Cancer Survivors Day. And this morning, we are joined by Mimi Portia Gia. She is a breast cancer survivor. And the 3rd of June was National Cancer Survivors Day. And in South Africa, one out of four people will be affected by cancer in their lifetime through the diagnosis of family, friends, colleagues, or self. And Mimi Portia this morning shares her story with us. Thank you so much, Portia, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Kenny. And good morning to your listeners. It is an absolute pleasure to, to chat to you. You are a brave woman. You are definitely a role model that we, we need uh, to, to talk to, you know, just to talk about, you know, your own journey. And thank you for, for being brave enough, you know, to come on air and share perhaps the most, you know, personal journey of your, of your life. Let's perhaps, you know, take a few steps back and talk about the mm-hmm. first time, you know, where you realize that something might be wrong. Did you feel a lot? Um, you know, were you in pain? Mm-hmm. You know, how how did it all start? Yes, so it was a, a beautiful day in fact in 2010. I was preparing for my birthday. <laughs> I better going to be a week later. Mm-hmm. And I was taking a bath and I felt this lump on my left breast. And I remember I phoned a friend and I said, you know, I felt a lump in my breast and she dismissed it and she said, no, no. It's probably because you are going to have your period. Mm. But the lump, even after I took a bath, still bothered me because it was so big. You know, it was like really not going away because usually if it does later um, and it's related to your menstrual, you know, mm. you can feel that it will shrink or it will go to another place. Mm-hmm. And I immediately made an appointment with my GP who referred me to have a, a sonogram. Mm. And, you know, that day, I think, you know, even the GP felt, because I was young, I was 31, I think, and my uh, my, my GP also told me that, ah, it's probably nothing, you know. Mm. Uh, listen to Sarasona and, you know, come back here for your results and, um, you know, we'll take it from there. My goodness, can you believe that they sent me through such a run around after that that I knew something was definitely wrong on that same afternoon because after that, they wanted me to go and, um, you know, get uh, some some fluid uh, out of there to be tested by the lab. And I thought, wow, why would I need to have fluid tested in my breast? Mm. And that's when I knew that something was definitely wrong. So, yeah, it was a life-changing, uh, you know, moment for me. But I'm glad that I discovered it so early and I did not sit and, you know, listen to somebody who says, oh, it's probably... You know, it's just like probably something that can be taken care of because you are having a period. And, you know, I, I like what you've just spoken to me about in terms of, you know, immediately going to your doctor and not just assuming that the slump is going to go away because in one way or another it's connected to perhaps, you know, that time of the month, your menstrual, you know, period. And, you know, when mm-hmm. you when, when when you got the diagnosis, you know, what did they say? Did they say this is a cancerous lump and we, we need to remove it immediately? I mean, what was the initial diagnosis? Yes. So uh, after the diagnosis, I think, you know, you go through what a normal person would go through at a young age. You don't, mm. you may be, you know, affected by this life-altering disease. So when he told me the diagnosis and he referred me to, uh, you know, 
uh, in oncologist, I said, hey, no, there's something wrong, you know, I cannot just take this. So, you know, you, you go through the denial, you go through the, the bargaining with God, and you think, oh, my goodness, why? Why are you giving me this? And, you know, for some time, you go into straight depression mode. So, for me, it wasn't one of those where I, I heard it and I accepted it, and it was fine. Mm. I went through all the stages, you know, up until I accepted later after going for a second opinion. Because that was important for me. I was young, my breasts are my, you know, you know, a sign of me being a woman. Yeah. And now I'm being told that I'm going to go to surgery to remove them. And I said, what? <laughs> so I went and I thought, no, for me to make this decision, I need to be really properly informed. So I went, uh, you know, through... Um, you know, that, that stage where you, you just say to God, but I've been okay, I've been a good child, you know, why are you giving me this? Yeah. But later, you know, afterwards, I thought, no, you know what, if two doctors have told me to do this, this thing is growing, I better just, you know, go in, be brave, and just, you know, you know, just do what I need to do. So, yeah, it wasn't easy. And there, a lot of research had to go through, you know, I had to go and, um, read a lot about what I was dealing with. I had to inform my family. I had to inform my friends because those were the people that were supportive, uh, you know, throughout that time. Mm. I had a very, very young child. My child, I think, was in grade one, just at the school. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is also going to, you know, change his life as well. And it did because through the treatment with the chemotherapy, when you are sick, he will used to say, you know, I don't want you to die, Mama. I don't, and that would kill me even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So the survival, I think, was really through lots of, um, you know, prayer, lots of faith. And mm. I had to really trust God. But, you know, for him to make his discovery so early, you know, I had to, like, really give him my trust and say, I am going to be okay. But it wasn't just something that happened one day, and I, I just accepted now. It was a, a few days. I think it took about three days for me to go to the second doctor and then yeah. to accept on the third day to say, okay, I'm doing it, and this is how I'm going to do it, and call the meeting. And then, you know, I got my mind back up and my ears, my entire body to be ready for the surgery as well. Remember, at that age, you don't want to, you know, go through that and you don't know what you're dealing with because that could also affect you in a negative way. So I think, you know, I'm glad I went through the emotions because I dealt with it much, much, much better after the surgery as well. I could deal with the chemo, I could deal with the patients, mm. I could deal with the, you know, emotional family members coming to see me and telling me I was going to die. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, yes. Mimi, you know, I, I'm glad to hear that you're now in high spirits. And I think it's also indicative, you know, of, of how you've come full circle in your own journey. You went through, you know, the process of chemotherapy and radiation. And some breast cancer survivors actually choose to have surgery to remove the entire breast and breast issue, uh, tissue. And others, you know, just uh, choose to, to remove, you know, the actual cancerous lump for you. Which choice did you make? So I I went with the lumpectomy and the lumpectomy because the the I think because the lumps were still early found I had that choice to have a lumpectomy. But uh, you know people who have found it very late do not have that choice, kind. So that early detection bit is very important because it makes you have you know better choices to, to where they are not choosing for you. 
So had I found it very late, I would have had to have a mastectomy where you remove the entire boob. But for me, it was just a lumpectomy. Obviously, the sky is deep because when they opened, we found other um, other cancer cells that were also spreading in there. And obviously, they had to go even deeper, you mm. know, into the tissue. But I'm glad that it's not moved to my lymph nodes because that would have meant other things as well, which were really bad. So, yeah. I chose to have a lumpex home. And in terms of, you know, somebody that's listening right now and they're saying, you know, Portia, I wish I had such a positive outlook. You know, I have cancer and for me it was not detected that early and my chances perhaps right now are 50% or 60% and I'm scared. You know, I'm going through the process of chemotherapy and, you know, I've seen what chemotherapy can, can mm-hmm. you know, do mm-hmm. to a person's body. You know, your hair falls out, you know, your nails become brittle. It's brutal, you you know, chemotherapy is brutal mm-hmm. on, on the body and also psychologically and, and emotionally. To somebody that's dealing with it right now, they've just been diagnosed, they're in the early stages of their journey. How do you encourage them? Mm-hmm. And that's important because uh, chemotherapy does really help uh, your, your entire cell system because it breaks down the cells that cause the cancer good cells as well. So that's why you lose the hair, that is why you turn a certain uh, dark color, and that is why you bleed all over. So it was a difficult time for me. But, uh, you know, what's important is that you you look forward to what's coming afterwards. And for me to go through that, I I look for this as a healing, and I want people to get used to it. I want people to know that, you know, this is what you go through if you are going to go through this disease. And as a result, it's better for you to have preventative uh, measures. So I think for me at the time, yes, I could not go out because of the risk with the health, because we are immune to more infections. But I used it, you know, with people that were close to me to go into the moments of med- meditation and, you know, go into moments of, you know, talking to the friends and saying to them, this is my journey. I don't want you to go through what I've gone through. So take care of yourself, you know, go and have a, a healthy lifestyle. Do your checks every every uh, every year because it's not just the breast that gets affected with the women. It's also your cervical cancers. It's also other cancers as well. But if you detect early, you are able to, you know, uh, deal with this much better. But what motivated me, I think, was my faith, number one, and also the family and uh, friends that I had that kept me motivated. And I, I, I pushed on. I did not stop my life. So I would still work at home, and I would sit on that laptop when I was feeling a bit okay, and I would do my work. Mm. So I did not mope and, you know, cry and feel sorry for myself. When that phase was done after the three days, I got up and I would sit down and I would take my laptop and I would work. So my life did not stop at all. And if I felt like going to, you know, other social events on the weekends when I could, mm. I would do that. If I wanted to go to church, I would do it. So, you know, I, I, I sucked my brain up and I said, you know what, I'm not going to let my life be stolen by this. Yes, it is something that I'm going to go through, but I'm going to take it in my stride and I'm going to make sure that it doesn't alter my life. If my child wanted to go to a restaurant, I would go there. I would wear a mask. <laughs> it would look very funny, but I would wear it and I would go there. So I think that is some of the things that really, really kept me going. And I really appreciate that even the people at work were really supportive. So on days when I could really take those small steps and go to work and sit in the office, I would. Mm-hmm. And work for four hours and come back home when I'm feeling a bit tired and then, you know, take a nap. 
So it's little, little things. You know, I know uh, people will take, you know, uh, meditation uh, lightly, but that really, really, really helps, you know, for you to really come into the presence of God and say, you know what, um, I know I'm not alone, so I'm, I'm hoping that you are going to care with me. <laughs> so I'm going to go to work, and I'm hoping that I'm going to come back with nothing, you know, no infection mm, is going to come mm, back. Mm. And you would, when you are positive, you come back, and nothing happened, I promise you. The doctors would discourage it and say, no, you're not supposed to go to the mall, you're not supposed to go to church, but I would. I went, and nothing happened to me. So I did not stop. My positive energies still continued, and I made the people around me feel comfortable, and I kept talking about what I was going through, and I would encourage people to do it. And that's when, uh, you know, my organization was first, Seeds of Hope, because I wanted people to know that, you know what, this is what I've gone through, and uh, a person can also go through this. And so I used those platforms to educate other women as well about all types of cancers, by the way, we don't lose uh, out um, the, the males in our lives as well because they also go through other cancers as well. So we open it up to our community members in the concerts and we go and we see this work. So you've uh, launched a year ago your organization, Chains of Hope, and you want to empower other women, you know, who've been through breast cancer or any other, you know, uh, form of cancer as, as, as it may be. And, you know, there's this perception that cancer is becoming very popular within the black community now more than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear that, you know, this person died of cancer, that person died of cancer, and this person died of cancer, whereas maybe 20 even 15 years ago, you know, it it wasn't so popular in inverted commas. Do you think that perhaps it's better diagnosed, uh, it's being better diagnosed, or because of our changing lifestyles, you know, now we are more susceptible Mm -hmm. as the black community? What do you think it is? Yes, and and you are absolutely 100% correct. It was there, but because people did not know what they were dealing with, they didn't know because they were not diagnosed. So people would die and they would blame witchcraft. And they, I mean, I still hear, uh, you know, ladies saying the same thing. They will tell me, you know, I've been having this bad um, discharge, I've been having pains, I've been having this, you know, rotting nipple uh, for five years now. But mm-hmm. I went to a song of my, and the song of my told me it was somebody in the family who was beating uh, me. Yeah. And only after, you know, I've had a test and they said, you know, you know, let's go. Let's go to a, a free cancer clinic to go and get a mammogram. Then you find that it's in stage three. So it has been there, but I think it's the change that now we need to make in our lives as well. Yes, let's have a question, you know, a big part of it because we are not as active as, you know, our grandparents used to be. We don't do physical gardening. Mm, we don't mm, walk. We mm. go into our car and we sit there. But I, I really do believe that, you know, we did have it, but, you know, we were not as informed as we are now. We are better informed now, and, you know, the lifestyle level that we live uh, also, you know, uh, makes it more susceptible for us to be uh, at risk. So, yes, you are 100% correct uh, with that statement. Portia, thank you so much for joining us and just talking to us about your journey and all the best with your organization as you continue to bring hope and light to to other women as well. Her organization called Chains of Hope. How do people connect with you, Portia? They can actually um, go on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Chains of Hope. We are on Twitter, Chains of Hope as well. And uh, they can get uh, hold of us on our, uh, I, I do a lot of uh, weekend 
uh, speaking and uh, counseling with mm-hmm. families who have just been uh, recently diagnosed. So, you know, I know people have never, ever used the number. So um, the number is 060-550-4563. I do this. You know, people wake me up in the evening and they say, I want to kill myself. And I have to wake up and take that call because that's what I do. Because I felt those emotions when I felt that, I, you know what, you know, I'm being punished for something that I did not know. So, you know, it's important for somebody who has worked the journey to say, the emotions are, are okay. So you can call me and you can uh, speak to me. You can send an email as well at uh, uh, CCT at Change of Hope, uh, so, you know, those details I, I can freely give because they are on our banners, they are on our website as well. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your journey with us. Mimi Porsche Gia there. She is a breast cancer survivor. We're speaking to her because this just this past Sunday, it was National Cancer Survivors Day. 23 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us when we come back to Hogoge, who is a TV presenter, will be joining us to share his get up and go. Here's the sounds of, uh, can I have the artist, please? <laughs> can I have the artist? Thank you, John Legend. Everybody knows.